Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. On behalf of Pastors David and Nicole Binion, thank you for joining us today at the Dwell Church Podcast. For more information about Dwell Church, visit us at dwell.church. Now, let's listen to today's message. Um, So we launched a relationship series back in February, and um, we had uh, some plans for that. And then, and then... The church in Waco Wednesday also uh, had the exact same couch. They did have the yes, same couch, did. yes. Walmart special. Not, not lying. Um, uh, um, we, ha- we started a relationship series in February, and then really just, um, I think it was the second or third week, we were supposed to have this conversation that we're going to have today on reconciliation. Um, and so we just kind of moved things into Push March. We can still talk about relationships in March, right? Um, so today we are talking about the beauty of blended family and really how God takes, this is for everyone today, because this is, we're talking about how God takes the broken pieces of our lives and makes something absolutely beautiful yeah. out of them. And so, so we've got some friends we're going to invite to join us today to talk about this. And I would like for, uh, Larry and Daisha to join us. And also, Beth and Clay. Beth and Clay Collins. Y'all come on up. I get the chair, right? And you you're there the beside me. You get the chair. And we're sharing. So the chair, came, the chair came from Walmart too, right? It did. And then, Online. but this came from. This is when you furnish a church on a budget. You, right? You're smart with your money. Okay. All right, guys. I'm going to give you this microphone so y'all can sit there and then beth and clay here is fine we didn't we didn't yeah we didn't now guys don't hog the mic okay (laughs) make sure we share um i we just really have one theme scripture for today and we all may share more scripture but can we read this together everybody read this out loud together let's do it let's do it romans 8 28 And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. I love this NIV version because there are other versions that say, we know all things work together for the good. But this translation says, we know that in all things, God works. I love that. I love it. There's nothing... Uh, that catches him off guard. There's nothing that he cannot take and uh, just make something beautiful. So, Some of you guys may already have had conversations with these wonderful people because they uh, are not private about their stories. They've shared, I know, with some of you already as we build relationships in the community of people. But uh, I know there are probably some here that we're going to hear a part of their story. I don't think we have enough time because it's extraordinary. We can we can make movies right out of these stories right here. But uh, I just I promise you, you're going to be blessed by the testimony of, of these two couples. You know, we we say it again and again and again that uh, the the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So so we say that in 
when you hear someone give their testimony, their testimony is prophesying to you that the same thing could happen to you, that the same healing can come to your family, that the same touch of God can come to your brokenness and put all the pieces back together again. So we're going to start with Larry and Daisha. Yeah, um, so uh, this is my beautiful wife, who I love and cherish. As you can tell, I, uh, uh, I'm a lucky man. Um, so Daisha and I, actually, we met. Just a quick backstory, right? Um, we were 19 uh, in college, and I went to school with her brother. Uh, in college, we played football together, and that's how we met initially. And we dated on and off for what, 10 years almost, maybe 12 and uh, I was just a very immature young man uh, and wasn't ready for everything that, um, that she was and that she is to my life right now. Um, so going into where we are now, uh, we married in 2016, um, and there was a lot of trauma that I was not prepared for. Like I knew about the, the traumatic uh, experiences that she had endured and that the children had to go through, um, but I was not prepared um, for the extent of the work that was going to be involved in uh, working through that. Now, I also came into the picture with trauma. Um, myself, personally, um, I endured um, molestation as a child, uh, and I was exposed to a lot of uh, perversion uh, as a child, and... Um, those experiences kind of uh, caused me to go into a shell, more or less, and uh, I would push things down and bottle up my emotions, and the thing that I learned more than anything with my wife and my children is to be more open and to have conversations, and this brought about a lot of healing, and it also stirred up things that I tried to forget. Yeah. And um, so through our marriage, I was able to heal while being the spirit of reconciliation also. Yeah. So it's been a, a, a beautiful journey, um, but we all had uh, to come together and work through our trauma uh, yeah. in order for us to be where we are today. Okay, so I have a 12-year-old. Excuse me, I'm so sorry. She's 14. Come on now, Dad. You better get it right, Dad. <laughs> Um, okay, so I'm, 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 I'm growing, right? I'm going to say that I'm growing. And, and uh, so I'm forgetful. And I've got four of them, so they, like, blend together a lot. <laughs> so I got a 14-year-old. I had a 14-year-old. My daughter, was she's 14 now. And um, she was six when we got married. And um, our life, or my life, right, when I, when I, before I got married, it was... Zanaya and Zanaya only. Yeah. So I would get her on a Friday. I got every other weekend. I get her on a Friday and uh, Sunday, Friday to Sunday, and my world stops. Like everything that that I'm doing or everything that that somebody else is wanting me to do, can't do it. Um, it's all about her, and that's mm -hmm. what it's going to be about this weekend. Yeah. And then her mom would call, and that was you know, yeah, <laughs> I'm coming. I'll, I'll come get her. Absolutely, I will. <laughs> Um, because all I wanted was time with her. And um, so growing up, 
all she knew was me. Yeah. And all she knew was my family and the things that we did. So we had a very separate life um, from the time we got married. Yeah. Before, right before Daisha shares, will you go ahead and put the family photo up of the Dizays? <laughs> there they are. All beautiful. We can leave that up. <laughs> I just love y'all so much. <laughs> I know. I'm like, oh. Um, okay, so coming into the marriage, um, I came in from my childhood. Um, my dad was addicted to drugs. Um, my mom had trauma within the marriage and from her childhood. Um, I was sexually abused by several family members um, that I loved. Um, so going into the marriage and learning to trust a man when a lot of the times a man was the person that hurt me was a challenge in itself. Um, And then my later years, getting into a relationship where I was physically, mentally, every kind of abuse we went through, I went through. And my girls witnessed a lot of it. Um, And so they lost out on, missed out on a lot of their childhood because they helped me cover up the bruises, um, took pictures of all the bruises, um, covered up holes in walls and doors. Um, Amaya, honestly, um, she was like, she saved me a lot. And she helped me pick up the pieces. And um, she was a very good big sister. And a lot of the time she sheltered and covered the other two young ones from being able to see what all was going on. Um, So we came into the marriage, into the picture with a lot of trauma. So we all had to learn to trust a man, to not feel like someone was gonna abandon us again. Um, Anytime me and Larry would just be playing, play wrestling, he would be tickling me or something, Journey would scream and cry because she always thought he was hurting me. So it was a lot of trauma that we had to deal with and overcome um, and learn to make this blended family work. So there was a lot of communication. Like he said, we sat down with our kids. We had a lot of open conversations. Um, I always wanted to be honest with them. I always wanted them to know, like, this is my story. It doesn't have to be your story. And um, so a lot of conversations with our kids, honest conversations, um, a lot of crying because um, I had to ask them to forgive me because um, I kept going back and staying in the situation. So there was a lot of healing that needed to take place. So we decided in our family um, to, we call it, um, to deconstruct, deconstruct to reconstruct is what we decided in our family. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to let him decide some of the ways that we did that in our family. Yeah, uh, we just, um, so it took a while, right, Mm -hmm. for for it to kind of come to that. And we really didn't have words for it until really and truly, like, when y'all asked us to, to do this. Um, like, it took about a year into our marriage where we realized, like, this isn't working uh, because we were uh, two separate lifestyles trying to come together yeah. 
and create a, a family. And it was difficult because we were doing things separately. Mm-hmm. And uh, she would go with her children and they would do their thing. And then Zanaya comes and my world shuts down again. And like, yeah. you know, and um, so we were going with my family or I would go with my family and she would go with hers. And everything was just so separate. Yeah. And um, in order for us, I feel like, to become uh, the, the unit that we are now, yeah. we had to uh, just strip naked yeah. everything in our yeah. uh, life and just start afresh. Um, so we um, deconstructed our own self, right? So, yeah. like, you know, the, the Bible talks about dying to self Mm -hmm. and we know as christians that that's what we do Mm -hmm. um so we had to die to self and marriage is the picture of that relationship right so we um took that approach and let's deconstruct everything about our lives Mm -hmm. and start over Mm -hmm. and we uh sad to say cut off a lot of family events and functions Mm -hmm. and we're not going and we're not doing that because we need to establish who we are. Yeah, yeah. And in order for us to do that, we had to um, um, cut ties with um, the traditions that we had yeah. and um, to remove ourselves from the things that were familiar. Mm-hmm. And our children, I think, is who suffered the most. It was mm-hmm. difficult for us, and it, it raised up a lot of uh, disagreements, mm-hmm. and um, we argued. Yeah. yeah. And um, But... Uh, over time, right? It, it took time. It was not an overnight success. Yeah. But but what really happened was we became who we are mm-hmm. and who God says we are. Mm-hmm. And we were able to um, put all of the, the, the focus on us and blending our family um, because our children, they knew who they knew. Yeah. And um, they were comfortable with what they were comfortable with. And in order for us to show them that it's okay for them to actually love each other and not just be stepsisters. Yeah, yeah. Um, they needed to be with each other and each other only. And the same for us. So it really helped us grow and become um, a unit. And yeah. it, it really changed the dynamic of our family and it, for the better. I mean, the absolute best. Yes. Um, also what helped us in our blended family was watching him and the grace that he gives so many people and how forgiving he is. Mm-hmm. I learned to forgive my abusers mm-hmm. and forgive everyone who's hurt me in my life. And when I was able to do that, my children were able to forgive the people that abused them yeah. and how they felt, you know. Um, so... I feel like in our life, our marriage, our family, once we begin to get healthier, our children begin to get healthier. And they started seeking the Lord. And they started getting their own relationship with Christ. And um, I want to say this um, because I think that this is powerful for someone in the room. My dad is a recovering addict for over 12 years now. Um, My mom is now married to a man who loves her, and she loves him. And um, she was able to restore her relationship with her parents before they passed away. Um, So it's just been like boom, boom, boom since we decided to do this for our family. And then we see 
the yes. the difference in our families yes. around us that yes. are just getting boom boom from what we're experiencing yes. and um I want to say this um first of all I want to tell you <laughs> this is not planned but I want you to know thank you for loving me because I know that that wasn't easy and loving through all the trauma and um you went through a lot and we're still dealing with it you know we're still trying to overcome it all but you've been strong you've led our family thank you for loving our girls like the way that you do thank you for leading and every time you do fall short you repent and you lead us I mean it's it, it just you're just amazing and I really want to thank you and from you I learned to love me because of the way you love Christ and I just want to encourage anyone in here who thinks that yeah. everything that they've been through, that there's nothing better for them, yeah. Um, yeah. that there's no healing. Healing is available. Yeah. And honestly, prayer works. Yeah. It's so simple. Prayer works. And when I decided to get on my knees and pray, everything started falling into place. And I saw who I was in his eyes, and I was able to parent and be the mother and the wife that I need to be, and the family member that I need to be. And I'm still working on, but you still have arguments. Yes, we do. <laughs> we all cuss. Yeah. We do. <laughs> Yes, we do. Oh but we learned how to healthy, you know, yes. other ways of resolving the conflict. Y'all, is this just a beautiful story of the redemption of Jesus Christ? Oh my goodness. We all need tissue. If you all need a tissue, they're at the, bottom, the end of your rows, usually. Um, I want to say, man, Larry and Daisha and the girls have been at Dwell since, I think, the second Sunday? The beginning. The beginning. Right. The very first Sunday. September 2018. So almost your entire marriage. I mean, you pulled up yeah. on the parking lot at Noah's and what happened? And so we both were just sitting. I'm sorry. We both just were sitting there and we looked at each other and we were like, we couldn't move. Our kids were like, okay, are we going in? This You're in the car. In the car, in the parking lot. And we felt the Holy Spirit. And I had never experienced that. We visited a lot of churches. I had never experienced that in the parking lot. We walked into the building, and I was like, oh, my goodness, am I about to, like, fall out? <laughs> Church hasn't even started. And it just, from then on, we were like, this is home. Yeah. We didn't even, like, we knew in that parking lot this was yes. going to be our home. So we love you guys. We thank Aww. you for this platform. Um, and we're just excited for everything that's and so, happening here. And so, and so God has taken you into some things, and, you know, today, is, it's, it, this is not the place, but even just yesterday, you guys are uh, into this evangelism call on your life. Mm -hmm. And you, uh, I mean, I think the report was there 25 something people you guys invited to yeah. church. Yeah. Y'all, these, I don't know if you ever noticed, but they like, they, they always have uh, a big old group of people over here, uh, always drawing people into the house of the Lord. And some the of them The gift of stick. evangelism is on their lives. Yeah. The gift of evangelism. And we acknowledge that. And yeah. there's more to come just, on all of that. Yeah. Why don't you take a second because... They have launched uh, Josiah's House, which is um, an incredible nonprofit um, that's, I won't even try to, yeah. I, I don't want to misspeak. Um, 
And then we have asked them as sort of an arm of evangelism out of Dwell Church, um, uh, you know, to to kind of some of their outreach things that they're doing was kind of be, kind of becoming part of this house. So why don't you just explain real quickly what you guys did yesterday? Yeah. So um, yesterday we went out uh, into I don't know the actual name of the place, but it's the shopping center here in Allen where there's a Target and uh, TJ Maxx and things over there oh, and. Yeah. Um, so we just walked around uh, and just tried to greet people with the love of Christ. And um, we took the little cards from here and just handed them out. And uh, we had some really great encounters, uh, some people running away from us. <laughs> um, but but um, we were able to connect with so many people um, and just pour into their lives and it was one, a couple of people, really, uh, a couple of uh, couples and uh, one lady in particular and then a young man um, that we were able to really connect with mm-hmm. and um, uh, share the, I, I'll, let me just say this. Yes. So I, I spoke with a, a gentleman, I saw him coming and he was 19 years old, just graduated from Allen High School. I invited him to the youth conference. Um, and I just asked him, uh, do you, believe in the prophetic. And he's like, I don't know what that is. So I explained to him what the best way that I could, what prophecy was. Yeah. And um, I said, I believe that the Lord is speaking to me on your behalf. And I said to him that there was a gift of uh, production, like he is a producer. And um, he, I'm on my way to the studio right now. And uh, so, so that opened him up, right? Yeah, and yeah. I was able to pray for him and um, uh, invite him to uh, church. Him and his mom, they live in uh, Allen. And so prayerfully, they'll be here. But they do have a church home um, in, in Oak Cliff. So, um, but it was just such an amazing time. Um, and it's definitely inspiring to uh, evangelize. And it's something that's new to us fairly. Yeah. Um, and she'll say that I'm, I'm not due to it, but, uh, um, it's, it's, it's a drug. Evangelism is a drug. And, uh, you know, he's a true evangelist and only a true evangelist would say that. So I'm so excited to, to, to do it again and, uh, hopefully invite some of you all along with yes. us. So good. Come on, let's put I our hands it. together for I what God it. has done. It's so powerful because when you see them functioning in a house, when you see their girls here, when you see them, the girls singing and ministering and doing the other things that they do, like to know what God has done. It's so, it, it is, it's such a testimony and it prophesies to what is available um, in the kingdom. Okay. Beth and Clay Collins. Do we have, do we have the photo of the Collins family? Look at there. Beautiful, beautiful family. Such a beautiful story. Oh, my goodness. So Clay and I were, um, we were married before. Um, Both of us came from marriages where our spouses chose to walk out on the marriage. And um, we, I had... We had my. I was married to a, pa- a senior pastor. We were pastors in Round Rock, Texas, and we moved to Dallas. And within 
six weeks of that time, he asked for a divorce. He was leaving the ministry, leaving God, leaving me, and leaving our babies. So at, at that time, they were three and five. And I was here in Dallas. Uh, he took me to court for over a year and tried to get custody of the kids. And that was just a nightmare. But the Lord was with me so close during that time. So close. Uh, closer than I've ever felt him, in fact. <laughs> I believe, you know, the scripture says he's close to the brokenhearted, and he draws near, especially to single moms, I believe. There was such a special anointing on me and my kids during that season, going to court, fighting for them. And there was a restriction placed on me to stay in Dallas, in the five counties of Dallas, until the kids were 18. Well, that was devastating because all my family is from the north, uh, Indiana. My, my father pastored a great church up there in Indiana. And so I was planning on going back home. Yeah. However, there was so much, um, you know, denominational religion all tied up in there. It was just such a mess. I mean, I was a mess. I don't, I don't want my story to sound like it was all his fault because there's always two sides. I was a mess. He was a mess. We married at 18 right out of Bible college. Um, I can't. Did you cuss? <laughs> <laughs> it's oh. always going to go back, circle back to that question for Pastor David. <laughs> oh, no. Not in the United Pentecostal. I mean, I had never cut my hair. I sat on my hair, never wore makeup, never had earrings in my ears. So it was a very, very, very strict denominator. However, it was such a foundation of the spirit that I'm so grateful for to this day. And when he and I left that denomination, it was because of the hurt experienced through that leaving that he became very bitter and just could not recover. And so he decided, I'm leaving God. I'm leaving you. I don't want any part of this life. And it became a very, very dark season for him. And that's when I found Gateway Church and their single parent ministry. And me and my kids felt so honored there. They had special parking for the single moms. And I remember the first morning we drove up to church and my son Grant, um, the real tall one, he said, uh, he was five, and he said, Mom, we're special at this church. We're single parents, you know. (laughs) And so just time after time, God poured his love on us during that season. Um, The day that, that Andrew left and left us in Flower Mound, I was at my chair doing devotions and he came in and said you know he wanted a divorce and I you know as a we had been pastors and worship leaders and I just felt like my life was just shattered into a million pieces and he walked out and I got down on the floor just in a heap and I was I was crying out to the Lord my Bible was open and this doesn't happen too often but it was open to Isaiah 61 and I I closed my eyes and I just said, Lord, like, where are you in this moment? You know, it's the most devastating moment. And I saw him over in the corner of my living room and it was just so sweet. He didn't stay over there. He came and got down on the floor with me. And he started just pouring his love over me. And he said, I want you to open your eyes, Beth. And I opened them up and it fell on verse seven where it says for your shame i will give you a double portion 
but what you've lost, I will restore everything. And so you know, I got up from that time, and for the next five years, me and my two kids just poured ourselves into Gateway, and I thought worship leading was over. I thought I would never lead worship again, never pastor again. You know, it's such shame. And I walked in there with such shame. Like, I, I just really wanted to hide. And immediately the Lord began, you know how he does. He just starts pulling you out. And I started leading worship for the single moms and uh, pouring into them. So I would get up and, like, previously in the car I would be crying because I was so lonely. And I just wanted a, a husband for my kids and I would go in and lead worship and say, God's going to restore everything you've lost, you know, <laughs> while I'm prophesying to my own self. Um, he's going to bring back everything you've ever desired. And so the Holy Spirit began to nudge me, like, start asking me. You have not because you ask not. And start claiming Isaiah 61 that I spoke over you to give you back what you lost. And so I started making a list and... At first, it was very spiritual. It was like a godly man, a man that will love my children. And I was like, I'm just going to start asking. I want a man that looks cute, has a goatee, a guy that sings really good, a boy band kind of sound. <laughs> a boy band. I just started asking for silly things. I was like, why not? So I was prophesying to the single moms, and I started telling them, like, hey, why don't we do this together? Let's start asking God for what we want. And it was during that season, it was 2004, I went over to a church in Cedar Hill, and Bishop Joseph Garlington was there. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like the Lord put me up on the surgery table that night. And took a scalpel and started cutting my heart open. And because I had previously, you know, my dad being a pastor, he had brought through different evangelists. And it was at age 15 that one of the evangelists started sexually abusing me. And so, you know, if you want to get a good book, finding, getting the love you want, it's, it's all about like trying to reconcile those relationships that were abusive before. You start looking, and if you're not careful, you'll start looking for those same abusive type things because that's how you found love and acceptance. And so Bishop Garlington stayed with me for over 45 minutes. He kept walking away, and he would come back and sing, you know, you know how he sings. <laughs> and he put his hand on my stomach, and he said, God's going deep and doing surgery down deep. And... I saw a vision of the Lord dancing with me as a bride, and I was barefoot, and he began to just pour healing over me so deep, into deep places. So I just kept standing on that promise for five years, and my two kids were 10 and 12 when I walked in uh, on Thanksgiving at your brother's house. Yeah, do you want to say anything? <laughs> <laughs> and there, there said Clay. I was leading worship for his brother out in Midland while on staff at Gateway, and for five years I would commute out there to Midland, Big Big Spring. And so Clint said, 
hey, my brother's coming for Thanksgiving. I want you guys to meet because he can sing. He's the one I told you about from New York, and he just went through a divorce. And so I'd like for you all to do Christmas together and sing together and lead worship. So I was like, I can't wait to meet him, you know. So I walked in, and it was love at first sight, for sure. (laughs) I mean, it was weird because, no, it was weird because I was not, I was not in a place. I was, I was still recovering emotionally from uh, a death, really, is what it was. I, I lost my church family. I lost, I lost everything. I came back to Texas with literally a backpack. And, and um, I was in my brother's house to reconcile that relationship because my previous marriage estranged me from my brother for like, a, uh, like 10 years. So I was there to reconcile with my brother. You don't expect to go into... I'm spending holidays with my brother. You don't expect just in the front door to just walk in. So I wasn't in that, in that frame of mind. And, and I wouldn't have been in any other environment. But she walks in and I'm like, I just knew. It was that moment that I've always prayed for that I used to not believe in. That, that people who don't say that love at first sight is a real thing. It's a real thing. And do not settle for anything less. I'm just telling you. <laughs> Because I know the difference. And, and, and the perfect thing is it was baked in God's covering because it was in my brother's house. My brother's a pastor. He's like, okay, all right, you go to that room. You go to that room. We're going to do this right. It was covered from day one. They, they, they walked us through all the healing, and it's my turn to pass. But when I saw the goatee, I was like, that's it. But everything on the list, you know, God, God just did. I mean, he, he, and so I had forgotten though about the double portion blessing, right? That was in that scripture back up my chair. And so Clay and I married, you know, his brother married us. And real quick before you tell that. Okay. I just, this is off script and I'm apologize, but I feel like, I feel like somebody needs to hear this. There was one for any blended family, step parents. And there's these there's things that step parents understand, and I hate that term by the way, but there's that thing that step parents understand is that they experience something different. They have to face their own rejection, because when you're a step parent, and it's not the kid's fault by the way, but when you're coming, you're the invader. And and I was fighting my own feelings of rejection because I'd just been rejected in a previous marriage, and so I was fighting my own rejection. But I also had empathy because I was also a stepchild growing up. So I understood what it was like to have an invader come in. And I just feel like for the, for the kids in here in a blended family, it's not your fault that you feel like something has come and invaded your home. And it's not your fault, step-parents, because you're the invader. But you are responsible. You're responsible for the mistakes of the past, even the ones that you aren't that you're not at fault for. You're responsible. And, and God told me to, to do something with, with uh, Grant and Brooke. Uh, he said, I want you to give something that you were never given. And I went to each of them by, by privately. I, I particularly remember going to Brooke, and I said, Brooke, I want you to know something. You don't ever have to choose me. You don't ever have to choose me. But I want to tell you something. I choose you. I didn't just marry your mom. I didn't just choose her. I factored you into that decision. I just want you to know no matter what your choice is, you are chosen. And I'm going to love you. I'm not going to love you like a stepdaughter. I'm going to love you like a daughter. And it's not like that was a Disney ending. 
at all, which that's where, but it was a seed that was planted. And, you know, and I just want to encourage you, any step parents in that, like, that's something you can give. There were not Disney moments, trust me. <laughs> um, but that double portion blessing, you know, two years into our marriage, I really wanted to, I had a secret desire to get pregnant again, but I was 39, and I was like, you know, I kept talking to Clay about it, because you never had children. You. Well, so yeah, so my previous wife did not, want to have children with me because I, for those of you who don't know I was born legally blind and she was concerned that that would get passed on to the kids it's congenital which means it wouldn't get passed but she didn't want to have kids because of that so because he had never had children I really felt this strong desire from the Lord that he wants he wanted to give that to Clay but in the, you know the window was closing I felt like and so we went to the doctor to make sure and she said yeah that that's over for you. <laughs> and if you did, you know, it would not be good if you got pregnant. So I grieved that. And I was like, you know, Lord, you know that what it's in your hands. You know, I surrender that to you. I grieved that. And then a few weeks later, I was sitting at my desk. I kept getting nauseated, nauseated. And I was like, I have the flu. So I called Clay and said, we're going to go to the doctor on my lunch break. Come with me. You know, thank God I took him with me. <laughs> Because the nurse came in and she said, honey, you are pregnant. And so we were scared. We were shocked. We didn't know what that meant. Like, you know, <laughs> what is this? You mean like, how did that happen? <laughs> how did that happen? Were we having like aliens or something? We're just like, I don't know. So they sent us to the sonogram. And we go to the sonogram. That was a whole nother moment where they were like, well, over here you have, you know, a heartbeat and hands and all this. But over here you have a whole nother heartbeat and hands. And, and we said, what does that mean? <laughs> and he, <laughs> he said, you're having twins. And so then the double portion just began to flow into my mind. And it was just so overwhelming. The most amazing, most amazing miracle in that, and this, I, this is something I did not expect because, you know, again, the non-Disney moments, the, the older children were like, well, that's you and your family and we're so happy for you, but that's, that has nothing to do with us. And I always say that our girls are miracle oracles because they, in a moment, healed the hearts of our older children because there was something that was irreconcilable because up until that moment, they viewed that as our family, so this your family and our family. But, again, Brooke was looking at Tori, and she saw herself. And she saw her older brother, Grant. And she saw her mom. And then she saw me. All of us were in those girls that God unified our family, brought us together through, through those two girls. So beautiful. Hey, can you show the picture of when the, ba the girls were babies? And look at that picture with all the family when they were just... So how old are you now? <laughs> Ancient. Wow. They were born three days after I turned 40. Oh, my goodness. And uh, that was just... Just the hand of God, you know. And some, another part, such a beautiful part of the story for, for Clay is, you know, we told you this yeah. at, at lunch that it was, 
when he lost uh, Glad Tidings in New York as a church family, I went there once to meet his pastors um, because they really covered him during that time because you know his wife chose to walk away from the marriage and he didn't want that at all. So we went to meet them and um, when I saw the congregation, it looks just like Dwell. And so, you know, I moved him to Flower Mound, and we were in uh, several different large churches over this past 20 years. And so when we came to dwell, it was such a healing for Clay. I was, I was ripped away from my church family. That was probably almost more painful than the divorce because they were my family. You know, I, I loved it there. I, was, I loved the pastors, and, and I... I had to come back here, and, I, and and 15 years is a long time, and I've been a part of a lot of great churches, but I never had that until until we came to dwell, and it's like, this is the first time I've experienced. So when I look at you guys strange, and I'm like, I love you so much, it's like really true, because I, I waited a lot, just like I waited half my life for you, I, you guys are, you guys are a dream, you know, you guys are, I never thought it would be even possible. Kareem, come on up, and we're gonna um, we're gonna wrap up the service here in a moment. Um, God knows how to reconcile anything that's broken when we bring it to Him. He knows how to um, bring all the pieces together into a beautiful mosaic. <laughs> and um, He's really he make good. all things work. Even, even when you make choices, you know, I blame myself a lot through that season of going through inner healing of, you know, I chose this, I chose that, I chose this. And, and like I said, it wasn't all one-sided. You know, you are a mess too. So I, you know, the Lord said, I will take all things and turn them around for good and cause it to work for your good. The good, the bad, the ugly, the wrong choices. You know, if you're here today and you've made a choice that you think, I made that choice, you know, the Lord still can take that because it's His plan to work all things for your good. We're just going to move into a ministry moment here, and um, we really have nothing else to say (laughs) because I know these testimonies have spoken to all of us where we are. Maybe you've been walked through brokenness in your marriage and in your family. Some wounds are so deep that counselors are wonderful and I believe in therapy, but there are some wounds so deep. Only Jesus, only Jesus, only Jesus and reach in and bring healing. And so I just believe that for everyone all over the room today, no matter if your situation looks similar to these that have been shared today, or it could be a whole different scenario of brokenness that you have walked through. Our God is so good. He is a father that can be trusted no matter what you experienced from your earthly father and mother. He can be trusted and he is good. He is good and he loves to give good gifts to his kids. 
And I just want, I'm going to invite Beth just to walk us through just a beautiful moment of healing. So if you're in this room today or online and you, there was a point, there is, there's a trauma where God wants to take you to, if you just close your eyes and just invite him, invite the Holy Spirit to take you to that moment. Maybe someone abandoned you. Maybe someone hurt you or abused you. Or The wound just goes so deep that only Jesus can heal. Would you just invite him where you are to show you where he was? Jesus, we invite you into this moment. Just look around the room, look around that moment and see where he is. And when you see him, just ask the Holy Spirit, show me what you say about this. Come Jesus and replace the lie that the enemy spoke. And if you came into agreement with it, just simply ask him, say, Jesus, I repent for coming into agreement with any lies that I believed about myself or my future. Because God speaks Isaiah 61 over you today. He makes all things new and he can replace lies with truth. We come out of agreement with the enemy today and we come into agreement with what you say, God. Because you said you're the God of the double portion. You are the God that never leaves us, never forsakes us, and you have a future for us. And we know that all things work together for our good. So Jesus, we thank you for healing us in this moment, for healing us down deep. And we place our hope, our confidence, and our faith in you and in you alone. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us today at the Dwell Church Podcast. For more information about Dwell Church, visit us at dwell.church.